Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire. With Jason McIntyre. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight fire. Tuesday, April 13th. Big Monday, shockingly, in sports. We had a massive retirement from Julian Edelman of the New England Patriots. And listen, ordinarily, I wouldn't open the show with Julian Edelman, especially when we have such a great guest coming up. I would go straight to the guest. But there was such a kerfuffle about Julian Edelman and the Hall of Fame Monday, I was I was gobsmacked. I don't think I've used that word in 2021 yet. I was gobsmacked when I got the text message from a buddy, oh, Julian Edelman's retiring. And, you know, I jump on Twitter to see what's going on. And, oh, he's in the Hall of Fame. And I'm, whoa, whoa. All right, before I take that apart, let me just tease this. 
Charles Robinson, longtime reporter, Yahoo Sports. He is the interview today. He is, you know, in a word, phenomenal. Um, guy's a great reporter. He's got a good Mac Jones story. I think you're going to like what he's uh, kind of agreeing with me on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and being a major problem uh, in the NFC and the potential re- chances for a repeat. I mean, maybe going undefeated. I, it's it's a little insane, but you got to hear him out. Really good stuff on the draft process. I think you're going to like it, Charles Robinson. And remember, subscribe, rate, review. All right, briefly on Julian Edelman. The first thing you do with any player when they retire and you hear Hall of Fame is, oh, let me punch up the stats. Julian Edelman, uh, okay, he had three 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Well, 1,000 yards isn't really what it used to be. Okay, let's see. What did he lead the league in? Nothing ever? (laughs) Folks, we're talking about a really talented player, no doubt about it. He's a great story. Edelman is your quintessential NFL story. The stuff dreams are made of, right? College quarterback. At Kent State. Just a great athlete. 5'10", buck 90. College quarterback. Bill Belichick, famously enamored with his skill set, decides we're going to draft Julian Edelman. This is what Edelman said when he called, when Bill Belichick called him on draft day. Hey, this is Coach Belichick. We are going to draft you. We really don't know what you're going to play, but we know you can play football. The Patriots director of scouting admin will call you tonight to get you situated. Have a good one. We really don't know what you're going to do, but we know you can play football. That is Belichick greatness. Now, I know Belichick stumbled in the draft recently, but he was able to identify Edelman is a football player. So he takes this college quarterback, says, I don't really know what we have here, but we're going to get him in the in the mix. And in his rookie year, Edelman plays a little receiver, a couple of runs. Uh, he was a little bit of a return man. And you're just like, oh, this this guy can like do a lot of things. He's just a Swiss Army knife. And then they discover, you know, kind of after that Randy Moss run that they had where they were just a vertical team, they start to open up a position in the slot that Wes Welker had really personified, and Edelman becomes the new Wes Welker. He went from in 2012, Edelman had 21 receptions. The next year, 105. His usage rate just went through the roof. They turned him into a slot receiver, really good one, and he played in a lot of high-leverage games. In the playoffs, Edelman, five receiving touchdowns, six I'm sorry, five receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. The guy just did it all. Just talented player, run back kicks, like a Swiss Army knife, a great football player. But he's no Hall of Famer. That's not a knock on Julian Edelman. And this is a thing that I I don't really like nowadays. If you don't throw all the flowers at people when they retire or when you're discussing their past, it's like, oh, you're a hater. And No, Julian Edelman, listen, he killed the Jets a ton. Of course he's a great football player, no doubt about it. Seventh round pick, converted quarterback, becomes like a hero in Boston? Undersized guy? Like, Edelman's a great story. He's retiring at the age of 34. He had a good run. 
I think he's dated a couple celebrities in there too. He said the guy's had a really great life slash career. But Warren Sharp, I think he came on the podcast during football season, summed it up best. Compare Julian Edelman to Heinz Ward, who has not made the final ballot for the Hall of Fame in the last five years. Heinz Ward. Receptions. Heinz Ward, 1,000. Julian Edelman, 620. Yards. Heinz Ward, 12,000. Edelman, 6,800. TDs. Heinz Ward, 85. Edelman, 36. Super Bowl MVPs, one each. Pro Bowls. And I, I don't know why I put Pro Bowls in here. Pro Bowls don't mean anything. They're like NBA All-Star games, kind of. Julian Edelman, zero. Heinz Ward, four. Heinz Ward, undeniably a better player than Julian Edelman. If, if you're putting Edelman in the Hall of Fame, Heinz Ward's got to get in there right now. And and I, listen, I, I don't have the case for Ward, but compared to Edelman, he's a lock, you know? So, l- listen, let's just cool it. I know there's a lot of Boston sports fans out there, and Edelman was big in a bunch of Super Bowls. He's done a lot of cool things. But Julian Edelman, especially compared to a guy like Heinz Ward, is not a Hall of Famer. All right, without further ado, let's get to today's guest, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
and Stan Weiju over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a veteran in the sports media world. He's been at Yahoo Sports since 2004. One of the OGs, along with uh, Dan Wetzel, of course. Charles Robinson in the house. Charles, how are you, man? I'm all, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, you're uh, one of the few guys who's writing some interesting, penetrating stuff on Deshaun Watson. We'll get to that shortly. Um, But obviously, I've known you for a long time, dating back to my days at the big lead. You've always been one of these blue flame thinkers, ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. And I wanted to pick your brain on the NFL draft here what are we two two and a half weeks out something like that yeah two um, and a half weeks out first of all let's start with this how difficult of a lead-up process to the draft is this right no combine right uh, some pro days kind of on lockdown and people are being very skittish with information about yeah. measurements even the medicals have been tough to come by uh, just talk a little bit about the process leading up to the draft it's definitely been different um you know, even from the standpoint of last year, uh, the the big change we saw last year, at least for me personally, you would talk to a lot of personnel departments and the meetings were so um, deconstructed. You wouldn't have these big room meetings anymore. You know, I, I talked to some guys who were, you know, um, second on the, on the depth chart in personnel departments. And they're like, hey, man, you know, I'm just not I'm not a part of the big room meetings anymore because we're doing Zoom meetings. and They're shrunk down. But the one thing that they did have. They had combine information. You know, we didn't we didn't hit the pandemic until I, I I remember March 5th flying home from the combine. And that's really when things started to roll. And they at least exited the process with their medicals. They exited with, as you said, sort of whatever accurate times, you know, hand time stuff, laser time stuff that they really wanted from the group of prospects there. Now it's you know, you're dealing with a lot of scouts, obviously, who went out on the road, whether they're national scouts, you know, obviously a GM, some other higher level personnel people doing a lot of their own hand timing, some of the laser timing at events. It's just you see that the um, 
the collective group of information is, is not as, um, it doesn't overlap the, the way that it necessarily did in, in the last few years. And what I think is really interesting is um, I don't feel like a lot of teams, I, I spoke to a team on Friday and they still didn't have their draft board completely laid out yet. And they said, look, it, it might not be until the week before the draft. Where we really feel like we have a handle on what our draft board looks like. And um, I think one thing I will say about this draft is it'll probably be the most picked over film, like college film you've ever had. And uh, I, I talked to a, a GM in December who was self-quarantining, um, had, had a close COVID contact, didn't know if he was positive or not, but he self-quarantined for like 10 days. And he told me, he's like, I've gone over film, the same film, like three times on the same guys. He's like, I, if, if I don't know the film by heart, He's like, I can tell you what the left knuckle twitch is doing now at this right. point from the from the film I'm doing. So I'll, I'll say this. Hey, if you're if you're into college film and you really believe you have a team that is on the ball when it comes to not getting lost in measurables or things like that, they care a lot about what you do in college. They'll have watched college film more than ever before. And that should translate. I do wonder, though, you know, not being there on campus um you know, you could see all the film you want, but you don't know. And I keep going back to the wide receiver who was at Oklahoma State, who was drafted early, I think, by Jacksonville. Uh, and and this is a Blackman. guy who put up, yeah. what was his name? What was his name? Just, again? Justin Blackman. I know there exactly is, who you're talking put about. Put up massive numbers, popped on tape. But what nobody knew was that, like, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he was posted bar. up at the bar. Yeah. And, like, they had no idea. So these guys can watch all the film they want. Like, we yeah. the, the personality traits, that's – I mean, even this kid who was drafted and got dumped and then was picked up by the Dolphins and then he got dumped, the offensive lineman, I think, from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, um, you're t uh, Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Like, who could have seen that coming? Like, I, yeah. you can't do your homework. So it's still going to be very, very challenging, right? Character, especially, as you said. And, and, you know, Justin Blackman's got that famous – you know, Mark Dominic, who was the GM of the Buccaneers at the time, has the famous story about – getting on campus and going and seeing the campus bartender and hearing these stories and hearing how often he had been in the bar. And obviously that went very poorly, um, for, for, you know, him in the NFL and, um, you know, you, the, your road scouts for people who don't necessarily always understand how the pro scouting process works. Your road scouts, your area scouts are, are really, um, they are put in the crosshairs by an organization saying, look, you have to develop the, the relationships in Tuscaloosa. You have to develop the relationships in Stillwater, in East Lansing, in Ann Arbor, in you know, where, whatever your area is, you better be talking to the team managers. You better be talking to the trainers. You better be talking to the bartenders. You better be talking to whoever you feel will give you the straight shot on what exactly is going on with the player because it might not always be the coach, yeah. might not be the coordinator. Um, it, it might take three or four levels deep before you really start to understand the character questions that you have. And you're right. This is one of those years that if you don't have great, and I, I think even last year, if you didn't have great superb character contacts, there could be some guys who, yeah. who fall through and the cracks. People forget these are million dollar investments, first round picks, million yeah. dollars on the line. Yeah. Um, let's get to number three. I think everybody assumes Lawrence one, Wilson two, right? right. Yep. The 49ers at threes to me is fascinating. Everybody knows you don't trade that much draft capital to go up and right. get anything other than a quarterback. I agree. But then it becomes, is it Fields? Is it Lance? Or is it Mac Jones? And and Charles, you can, you can laugh at this if you want. But I, I do mock drafts for Fox Sports, and I, I've been doing them since, you know, for a few years now. But back in December, 
I'm telling you, Mac Jones wasn't on my board as a first-round guy. I don't think, and I don't check all the mock drafts. There's a million of them. I don't recall anybody saying Mac Jones is a first-round quarterback. And next thing you know, a couple good playoff games. Uh, maybe he goes 15 to the Patriots. Here we are, two weeks of the draft. He's going three to the Niners, according to everybody. How do we decipher fact from fiction here? Well, first off, I think it's interesting that we don't hear um, when Tua came out, it was, well, geez, he's throwing to four first-round wide receivers. You know, now, now obviously Mac Jones didn't have Jerry Judy, didn't have Henry Rhodes. Yeah. So you, you knock off a couple first-round wide receivers. But pretty good talent there at Alabama. Decent, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty decent. Uh, you know, they're, they're – Maybe a couple first-round picks yeah. there around Mac Jones. Um, so, you know, I, I think the confidence level of Mac Jones inside the program is something a lot of people have heard about. You know, there's this story going around about, you know, how he was running the scout team talking trash to Nick Saban, you know, while he was going against Alabama's first-team defense. And, you know, um, the you know he carried a lot of confidence into the season. Jim Nagy runs the senior bowl, knows Alabama pretty well, been high on Mac Jones for a while. So, hey, this kid's just watch as the season goes on. People are really going to – some eyebrows are going to get raised. I think what's interesting about the San Francisco dynamic is, look, I've, I've talked to Kyle Shanahan, not a, a ton, but enough to over the years to know that Kyle has a certain level of arrogance, and I mean this in a good way, in a sort of Sean Payton sort of way, yeah. where – I think Kyle feels like he can work with any quarterback. Like he's going to want the, like he's going to sit there and I think he, he looks at it and he says, I want the guy who I think is, is the best quarterback at, at three. So if we're sitting there at three and, and this, I, I see a guy who I think lights out. I don't know that he necessarily has to fit the Kirk cousins mold, which obviously look, Kyle had had uh, plenty of success with Kirk cousins. You can look at Matt Ryan. I think people are saying, in terms of the system and the fit and then his historical fit, Mac Jones makes a ton of sense, which he does. Absolutely. There's no question about that. But I think Kyle is a guy who says, I, I am the fit. Right. Me, Kyle Shanahan. I'm the fit, not the kid. I'm the fit. I'm the one who will mold this player. So I'm, I'm probably one of the few holdouts who, who believes that we can't sit there and say Trey Lance is not going to be the third pick or, or even Justin Fields is not going to be the third pick. I think it all comes down to, what player does Kyle look at? How does he look at the NFL moving forward? Which, when, when I made the Sean Payton comparison about the arrogance, Sean Payton had Drew Brees. Drew Brees and Taysom Hill did not look alike. There's nothing about their game that's similar. But Sean Payton said, you know what? I'm going to tinker with Taysom Hill because I'm starting to look at what's going on with NFL offenses, and more of them are about guys who can do off-script things, be creative, um, maybe not necessarily be quote-unquote running quarterbacks, but can, can do a lot of the defense breaking off script stuff and create their own mismatches. Um, I don't know that a lot of pocket players are necessarily looked at like that anymore when we're looking at a Pat Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or any number of these guys, a, a Josh Allen who can do things off script yeah. and really break defense. Is Mac Jones, would you call him a pocket quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. think there's any, yeah, he, I think he's a, he's a, he is a, yeah, I think he's more of your traditional there's, you know, he doesn't have a, his arm's not huge. He's got really good touch. Like, he's very good touch timing, um, rhythm type of a, of a quarterback. But, so, um, is Justin Fields a pocket quarterback? That's... Um, I would, I mean, I would say no. I would say, look, in terms of um, Justin Fields versus Mac Jones, if you're looking at which guy has the ability to make more off-script plays. I think there's no question that Justin Fields yeah. is more of a move guy than Mac Jones is. I don't think you're going to see Mac Jones. And and 
you know, we can sit there and, and get pissed off about, well, you know, why are quarterbacks, you know, why do we care about quarterbacks, you know, 40 yard dash time? Because you look at Lamar Jackson and he's yeah. fast as hell. Yeah. And that really complicates the things that he can do against defenses. So it does matter with a Justin, Justin Fields that he can run with the football and create and make plays. And, and I would, I don't think there's any question. You can talk about whether he sticks on his first read and how often is he second read quarterback and all that stuff. But I mean, if we're just talking about which guy do we think can create more plays off script, I would say that it's fields and fields also has, um, you know, his, his experience level is every bit is as vast as Mac Jones. I mean, neither really have huge three year careers or anything like that. Um, Where are you on this theory? And again, I don't know where this originated. I think I read it on uh, somewhere, probably social media, that the Shana, Kyle Shanahan was in Washington and he had always preferred Cousins to RG3, but the owner yeah. wanted RG3. So finally, Cousins becomes the guy. They get to the playoffs in Washington. Um, I know RG3 got there. I got the injury against Seattle and everything, but is there any merit to that? That's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I, I don't there Anyone who's a denier of that now um, doesn't really... Look, I, there's been enough, I don't want to say retrospectives, but enough has come out, particularly behind the scenes, about how Kyle Shanahan felt about Kirk Cousins that I, and I, I've said this repeatedly and everybody kills me for it ever since he, he moved to San Francisco. I think he would have rather had Kirk Cousins than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and I think a lot of people hear that statement and they kill it because a lot of people don't like Kirk Cousins. They think he's a, <laughs> you know, he's a stat piler who hasn't, you know, generated the postseason success or really justified the, the contracts that he's gotten. But um, I think th- I have no qualms about telling people that I think he preferred Kirk Cousins uh, to Jimmy Garoppolo. He just didn't have Kirk Cousins available at, at the point that they traded for Jimmy and signed him to the big deal. So um, he does have an affinity for the guy and yeah. you can not Kyle if you want, but you could also look at Kyle and go, you could basically say that Kirk Cousins may have the career that he has right now very largely yeah. due to early influence. I agree hundred percent, but I, I also can see how people can want to make this about race with the RG three versus cousins. And now it's Mac Jones versus fields. And everybody's going to say, yeah. well, Fields threw six touchdowns against Clemson. Uh, you know, like Clemson's defense was not very good this year. Um, I, I just, I don't know how Shanahan will push back against that. Or if he will just say, you know what, this is the guy that I think fits the system. I don't care. I don't, yeah, I don't think Kyle really cares. Yeah. I don't think he, Kyle, he, Kyle doesn't care how he's perceived publicly. Like he's just not, that's not who he is. So if, if people criticize him and say, you know, how could you take Mac Jones and how bad this is going to look in the future? And this is going to be Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> over Deshaun Watson or Mitchell Trubisky over whoever, yeah. um, you know, Kyle will just, I mean, he'll show his ass and yeah. be like, oh, all right, well, we're going to go out here and we'll see when Mac Jones is throwing for 4,500 yards and, 35 touchdowns, people are going to shut up about whether or not he was the right. That's just the confidence that Kyle has. And, and he's got the history to back it up. I kind of hate that he's picking after the Jets because if Zach Wilson is anything less than incredible, Mac Jones is going to be elevated by Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Almost the Jets can't win, but forget about the Jets for a second. Um, so let me ask you about four. Um, the Falcons uh, apparently are willing to trade out. I don't see any circumstance where Blank drafts a quarterback there. Blank, of course, has a major affinity for Ryan. Um where do you think they go? Do they do they trade out? Does somebody trade up for a twenty-year-old Trey Lance? Um, well, I will say this: Arthur Blank is going to weigh on that pick. You know, I know he has said that he wants to leave the football decisions up to the you know yeah. football decision makers. But the truth is, whenever you talk to anybody who's come out of that building, 
they will tell you that Arthur Blank was a guy who weighed on, you know, football. He had a lot of questions, wanted to watch film, wanted to have a lot of post-game breakdowns during the week. I'm sure, after the, G- I'm sure the front office loves that. Yeah, they. I mean, you know, in the past, the coaches and the front office members were not necessarily a fan of that. Yeah. But you deal with it because, hey, it's the owner's the owner. If he wants to be yeah. involved, he's involved. He's but, a billionaire. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's this idea of like Arthur Smith versus Terry Fontenot and, and this quote unquote, you know, maybe a disagreement over what to do with the pick, whether or not there's a quarterback that you take there or not, the decider is going to be Arthur Blank. So if, if, if Arthur Blank is sitting there and say Terry Fontenot or Arthur Smith or whoever says, Hey, you know what, Trey Lance, this is the pick. We know you love Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan is, is his contract, the way things are, um, how we're projecting out is going to become more prohibitive to us in 2022 than he is in 2021. And maybe we need to start to shift this toward um, the, the fact that we have a, a quarterback on a monster contract. The yeah. fact that we have a wide receiver on a mass, a monster contract. If we're rebuilding here, this is it's, it's become cliche now, but it is no less true now than it was when people first started saying a couple of years ago, there's nothing more advantageous to any team rebuild than a quarterback on a cheap contract. If the quarterback is worth his salt and you get a couple, three years, maybe four years of run in, in a rookie quarterback deal, you can rebuild a team quickly. If you're a good personnel department, you have a good coaching staff and you pick the right quarterback. I could see, say a Trey Lance fitting in Arthur Smith. Huh. When you look at what he's been able to do with um, Ryan Tannehill, I think, um, I think Arthur Smith, the kind of player that Tannehill was probably overlaps. It maps pretty well with hmm. what you think Trey Lance's skill set will be. I still, you know, it's again the small school. We, we it's now we just sort of discount. Oh, you know, Josh Allen came out of Wyoming and um, once came out of you know North Dakota State, and so small school is not a big. No, it's it's every bit as big a deal as it was when it was with Steve McNair. Hmm. It's it's a huge deal now, and um, the the skill set of Trey Lance is immense, but we still don't know how that's really going to, what the learning curve is going to be on the NFL level. I think he, he'll need a year. I, oh, I, just, yeah. I don't think there's any yeah. question he's going to need a year. Uh, while we're on that, um, somebody, I, thought, I don't know if it was a ringer, put out a list of the last 15 years, the best quarterbacks taken in the top five. Right. And the list was very underwhelming. Uh, right. As I'm sure you know, a lot of the best quarterbacks in the league, they weren't top five picks. Uh, Mahomes right. obviously wasn't, you know, Watson, Russ Wilson, et cetera. Um, I just, how does that kind of consistently happen? That quarterbacks that go in the top five don't end up great, and the guys who go later, whether it's the chip on the shoulder or if you go later, you're drafted by a better team and a better organization. Any right. theories on that one? Um, it really is a fascinating story. I mean, it's it's it remains one of those mistake positions, and and we know um, that historically, when we look back at, at drafts. Someone always blows, you know, if there's three or four quarterbacks picked in the first round, someone is going to screw up a quarterback pick, <laughs> and, and there's going to be a reason behind it. And then everybody starts blaming each other. But I mean, like, okay, look at, here's a good example. I mean, look at Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys did everything they could to not draft Dak Prescott. Okay. Yeah. They, they would have, you know, did they Jared Goff, Cook? well, look at, I mean, look at the first round, Jared Goff's on a different team. Yep. Carson Wentz is on a different team. Um, the big kid from Memphis that Dallas Paxton tried to Lynch. take. I think Paxton he's out Lynch of the league or? is not even in the league. Um, you know, they wanted, Con- as you said, they wanted Connor Cook. The Raiders traded up to get Connor Cook yeah. ahead of them. And and then Dak Prescott now is the mega quarterback signing in terms of the contract extension. 
And I think it just comes down to the quantifiable it no position when when I ask people in the NFL why why do these mistakes keep being made? They're just like it's because the mental makeup is so difficult. You don't know how a guy is going to adjust to adversity. You don't know how he's going to adjust to the teammates in the building. I'll, I'll give you a really good example. It's about Paxton Lynch, actually. Oh boy! <laughs> I went into Denver a couple years ago, and it was when Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon were still trying to sort out who's going to be the starter. Yuck! And I had I had dinner with a player, or I had a dinner with a personnel guy. And I said, what's up? I said, give me the, give me the, you know, rundown of what's going on. He's like, it's Trevor. And I'm like, you haven't even had your preseason games. You've already committed to one guy starting one preseason game and the other guy starting the second one. And he was like, we had to do that because if we didn't, by the time we get to the first preseason game, Paxton was never going to get the look. And John really wants him to get the look. And I said, well, what, tell me why, what's going on here? And he said, well, when you watch him in practice, he said, you can just see things like he's gravitating toward um, the 85th and 86th guy on, on a 90 man roster. He's like, what is he doing? You know, he's, you know, the way he's coming in the building, you know, um, the, the work habits, um, the, the, the teammates he is trying to command all these different things that you can't really quantify. Do you know, that Josh Allen's going to go into Buffalo when we all thought Josh Allen's, geez, that's a two-year, three-year yeah. project. None of us knew that his rookie season, Josh Allen was going to go in and be able to get grown men with families and with like paychecks and all these different things, what he was going to be able to do on the field to cause veterans to go, you know what? I'll follow that guy. I'm yeah. going to follow this guy. And that quickly sped up some of the learning curve because he didn't have a locker room against him or questioning him. They were like, he screws up and done some dumb things, but he does a lot of crazy things too, where he's risking himself to win football games. Players will, will follow things like that. So someone's going to bust out. I mean, that's the, that's the great thing about five, if five quarterbacks go in this first round, a couple of them are going to be just absolutely awful picks and they might all end up being bad. picks. <laughs> all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You've written some, uh, probably more than anybody, on Deshaun Watson, which is a very difficult topic to write about. I've been reluctant to weigh in through most of this just because, like, this is not something you need to have an opinion on. Like, you know, the 40 masseuses still can't get, you know, half of them are like, this guy was creepy, and the other are like, it was fine. I don't know. Where do we stand here uh, early May on Watson and his his lawsuits in the league? It was something that I think I've said all along. It's something that really needs to be litigated. It does. It needs yeah. discovery. It needs people to be, you know, to give testimony under oath. It needs, you know, it needs a legal process. The The issue that we have right now is before that legal process can really start, we have two attorneys who are very good attorneys. I know a lot of people don't think much of Tony Busby, you know, in the media because of, you know, he's this Houston attorney, you know, he's 22 clients, all these different things. And he's on Instagram. He's doing, Tony Busby is a wealthy litigator extremely wealthy litigator. I don't think for him personally, he's not sitting there going, Hey, I get a lot of money out of this. No, he's doing this because he's getting a lot of attention. He likes combat. If you talk to people in Houston about his reputation, they're like this combat that he has with Rusty Harden, who is Deshaun Watson's attorney is what he lives for. He loves to have combat, particularly public combat with other attorneys. And then you have Rusty Harden, you know, Roger Clemens, Adrian Peterson, um, Michael Bennett, he's, he's represented a ton of other athletes and is used to responding publicly to things and having this jousting. So what, a lot of what we're reading now, you know, you can put whatever you want in a filing. You can respond to that filing with whatever you want in a, in a press release. But ultimately, it's going to come down to Deshaun Watson and do these accusers, whoever, however many cases get refiled here, um, and they will be publicly. Whoever refiles now, it's going to be the names are going to be attached. How many of these accusers want to go through the public scrutiny and then have to sit under oath mm-hmm. and and feel that convicted to what's going on right now? And then Deshaun Watson, do you want to go through the discovery process? 
Do you want all these other people brought in on discovery under oath talking about you and what might've been said and what's not public right now and going through your phone forensically and all these different things. The, the legal process is going to get under the nails right now. We're just seeing the nail polish. That's yeah. all we're seeing. Um, I guess, you know, it's impossible to guess what the NFL is thinking other than the statement they put out, <laughs> but we can say that there have been some suspensions. Ezekiel Elliott comes to mind. Um, where civil suits, even though there was no criminal, resulted in suspensions. Um, would you say that the Houston Texans are bracing for that, um, given the Tyrod Taylor acquisition, or did they already need a backup quarterback? I, I think they were already bracing for life without Deshaun Watson. I mean, they were they were going to trade him. Like It had gotten to the point after the meeting with David Culley, the new head coach, that they knew they were going to trade him. It's just they wanted to get beyond the first couple weeks of free agency and then they wanted to basically gather together three or four teams and say, look, you're all interested. You're all bidding against each other. You better just put your best offer on the table and we'll go from there. Unfortunately for the Texans, all these allegations dropped and, and they felt blindsided by it. Um, the NFL right now, I think the biggest problem the NFL has is up until last week, no other corporations had said to the world, hey, we don't feel – That's right like we want to be standing next to this guy anymore. So Nike says, Hey, we're suspending the deal. Like we may not be cutting it, but it's up. At, and I spoke to someone at Nike and he's like, look, there's no guarantee this deal moves forward ever again. We may be done. We're it's definitely suspended though. Take a wait and see approach. But you know, when beats by Dre owned by Apple says, Nope, done with this guy, you know, H E B huge grocery store chain in, in Texas mm. um, says, Hey, we didn't renew after 2020. We don't even have a deal with this guy. Reliant energy. No, we're not dealing. So once all these corporations start to line up and say, he, uh, the standard of what's going on right now makes us uncomfortable enough to step away. It leaves the NFL hanging out there with, remember the commissioner's exempt list. The bar there is does Roger Goodell just reasonably think that a violation of the personal conduct policy could have occurred? could that's it i mean it's a that's that's it that's the standard do you oh, feel geez. it could have occurred if you feel like it could have occurred you can set him aside with paid leave while you start to sort out all these other elements of the process i would ask you jason 22 civil suits initially now we'll see how what that number is when the refilings occur you have a couple of alleged victims coming out one making a public statement one having the statement read in publicly you have the sports illustrated anonymous report which does weigh in um, I, I think to the, the NFL's thinking and you have the Houston police department saying we are investigating at least one criminal complaint that may actually be two. Um, is that enough for the NFL to go? Something could have happened here. And Oh, by the way, the lawyer for Deshaun Watson has not said, yeah, none of these incidents happened. He never met these women. He has not said that. He said, Hey, he was, these were all legitimate massages and sometimes sex happened. Yeah. I, I guess my counter would be, so, you know, I try to do sports out here in L.A. and I work out. So I was able to find a masseuse and I get a massage like every three weeks. And, you know, I, I recommended a masseuse to friends. My wife got a masseuse there, uh, a massage there. My mom comes in town, gets a massage there. I have one massage therapist, okay? I'm not, I'm not an NFL quarterback. I can't fathom why a guy of Watson's nature would want like 40 different massage therapy that's i, I can't yeah, get I mean, past that I, i'm not saying he did anything i'm just saying sure. why would you have 40 it, women over like a two-year span like what's the point of that what do you what's yeah something I mean, doesn't add up there now I, maybe watson will get there and answer it but right. for me like 
before I render anything, I just, I need to ask that, you know? There are a lot of details here that I think you would agree are not evidence, but are at least worthy of question. Suspect. Right? Sure, certainly. Curious, I mean, there's, whatever. There's, there's, right. There's, a, there's a, an element of, well, at some point somebody has to answer something. And, and there've been, there's been a little bit of that, you know, Rusty Harden has his most recent press conference. And what I thought was interesting was when he, when he gets to the point where he says, Hey, he gets two to three massages a week. Um, it was COVID, but these were all legitimate massages, but yeah, sometimes sex did happen. It was consensual. And then I remember someone asking, why was he telling masseuses what to wear? Yeah. Like if these are legitimate massages, what does it matter? Obvious. And, and Rusty Hart. Yeah. yeah. And Rusty Hart said, ah, I'm not going to get into, you know, and I'm paraphrasing him here. I don't want to get into the individual, this or that. And so I, I would just say that, um, you know, you had one masseuse and the one masseuse didn't accuse you of sexual misconduct. Okay. This is 22 women. At least it was initially. Some of them come out publicly. I would say that a, a, an interesting inflection point here was when, when Ashley Solis, the first, the first accuser came out and said publicly, um, I am, I am Jane Doe number one. She has a, she has an Instagram page. She has, um, a, a business page for her therapeutic mm, massage gosh, business. Yeah. And when you look at this, I think the question was when it was 22 anonymous accusers, the inference in terms of some of the defense of Deshaun Watson was that these were like red lipstick listings, mm. that these were like, hey, you know, yeah, it's maybe it's a right. massage therapist, but you know, <laughs> is it really not a massage therapist? Well, when she came out, instantly everyone jumped onto these profiles, started to look at her. And what you see is some of legitimate business yeah. with legitimate clients with there was a lot of legitimacy there. So that raises the element of the question that, uh, once again, I think has to go through the, the litigation process to sort out. Let me also ask one other thing. So Watson, as best I could tell, spotless record in high school, yeah. spotless in college, through the NFL, no, never getting in trouble, not a speeding ticket yeah. that, I, that I'm aware of. And then he says he wants out of Houston. And within, what, two months, you've got all these people saying – He's a creep. I, and again, I don't know what that means, but Charles, something about that timing, it just, you know, your spidey senses maybe go up a little. Like, huh, this guy's never been a foul of the law and now he wants out of town and he's got 20 civil suits against him. I will, I think I, and I, this is purely speculation on my part, but I think it's just inconvenient time. I really do. I, and the reason why I say that is because the the borders of Texas do not contain allegations, you know? So it, regardless, he could have been in, Miami, he could have been in New York, you know, he could have been in Denver. Well, and, so, someone and, theorized to me that he was trying to get out of town and beat all this stuff that was bubbling up, so to speak. But again, it was in multiple states. Right, right. right. I mean, air, you know, woman in Arizona, two in Georgia, one in California. I mean, it doesn't. And again, there's no there's no just because you leave town doesn't mean that yeah. this this is resolved. And um you know, look, there's a deeper story there about his, you know, requesting, you know, him, him wanting out of Houston. It has a lot to do with that franchise. I think it has a lot to do with other organizations that were clearly interested in him. And I think his agent knew other organizations were interested in Deshaun Watson and felt like, you know, things are falling apart in, in Houston and it's all these other things they don't like about the situation. And, and this just kind of gets dropped right in the nexus of, a lot of other things going on. So while it doesn't look good, I will agree with you. The timing, you're sort of like, geez, that's that's striking timing. Um, it's just kind of how this yeah. whole thing came out. It's the, I a lot, you know, I get people who are like, well, 
the Texans set him up. And I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, I'm like, it, the Texans, once he became a tradable commodity, unless someone inside the organization went rogue and somehow lined up this whole thing and, and is, would be the most Machiavellian plot yeah, in yeah, history. Um, you know, why would you damage an asset that you have to offload? Like, yeah. it, it makes no sense. And, and if he gets damaged by this, uh, uh, there's gonna be a suspension. And then, is anybody gonna give three or four first round picks for uh, damaged goods, like you said? But, anyways, well, we've gone long. Let's wrap up with this. Um, the the craziest off season stat I've seen, Charles, is that the Tampa Bay Bucks are returning all 22 of their yeah. starters, offensive defense. I don't know if that's ever been done, where a Super Bowl champ has brought back every single starter, but. I, I, this is unfathomable. Tom Brady, like we, we talked about the rookie quarterback, you build around him, a uh, young uh, quarterback rookie deal. And here's Tom Brady, 47 or 50 years old, it feels like, and they're still building around him. I mean, chances they repeat here. I, I, I don't, What do you say about Brady at this point? I don't even know. I mean, uh, you're probably right. I didn't really think about it, but in the free agency era, obviously once yeah. free agency was established, I don't know that any Super Bowl teams brought back every single person, you know, from a winning team. Um, it is it is remarkable that everyone returned. And, you know, I'm sure the, the depressed free agency market, you know, Levante David took a, a deal that honestly in a non-COVID year with no salary cap drawback, would have been, you know, it's not a, it's not a mark. It wouldn't have been a normal market deal. Um, you know, there are other players that took what would have been less than market deals. Um, having the franchise tag available for Chris Godwin, who I think would have been a bank breaker yeah. even in this off season. So yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely remarkable. And what I think is even crazier is not only do they bring back 22 starters, but the rest of the NFC around them, is, it has this feeling yeah. of like falling apart. Like well, just I was, so many problems. I, I, I don't want to pump up too much uh, on the on the Bucks here, but you know Greg Bedard. I think you know him as well, Boston yeah, Sports yep. Journal. He was on my radio show, and he's like, "Jason, I'm not even blowing smoke here. This is a team that could go undefeated." They were at the end of the season. You remember Brady got uh, no off season with COVID, new team, new playbook, new city. They're peaking at the end, and now they're bringing everybody back, and Drew Brees is gone. Uh, are, uh, couldn't these guys run the table? Now, let me point out, I thought their playoff run was a little bit uh, good fortune. They faced, you know, the fifth stringer, Taylor Heineke. Uh, right. The Saints have, like, I think four turnovers, and then the Bucks had none, and then the Packers, who knows what the hell they were doing at the end of the half and in the game. Um, Chiefs without the left ta- Chiefs without the offensive line in the Super Bowl. I don't, where do you fall? Closer to maybe the undefeated discussions or, you know, or just that's crazy. Stop it. I will say, look, the NFC South – you know, um, Atlanta's in the midst of transition. Okay. We have no idea if it's just going to be Matt Ryan or if it could be Matt Ryan and a rookie. Okay. Um, Carolina brings aboard Sam Darnold. Clearly they're in the midst of trying to do a, a little bit of a rebuild there. And, and, you know, you're bringing in your, you're onboarding a quarterback who wasn't even in your program. As you said, the saints it's, you know, Jameis or Taysom, they're still trying to fit. And then they play the NFC East, which, the Giants are the Giants. It's a mess. You know, they're getting, the Giants are getting better. There's no question about that. But I, let's see it two years in a row Danny before Dines. we start. Yeah. Before, well, before we start stamping Joe Judges, he's got it and he's turning it around and all this. You know, Washington, I like what Ron Rivera did there. But again, you're talking about a team that is still trying to gather itself. I mean, you know, is it, is it, you know, 500 team in Washington, I think would still be pretty good given the circumstances. Um, and then, you know, the Eagles. It's all kinds of a mess there with Jalen Hurts and the, the situation with what they had to do cap-wise. 
So it's a, it's a good year to be sitting in the NFC South and then play the NFC East and then have teams that are supposed to be the, um, the bullies on the block. San Francisco should be the bullies on the block. Okay. But they're probably going to have a rookie yeah. quarterback. Right. And then Seattle bully on the block, but Russell Wilson, <laughs> all whole off season. We're just talking about what's going yeah, on. Russell Wilson. Even the Rams, the Rams lose a safety, a corner, a defensive coordinator. They have a new quarterback coming in. So the NFC Who, who's is the second? Who's the Packers? Messy. I mean, and the Packers, the 49 not the 49ers, the uh, the Bucks beat them twice last year, I think, right? Crushed yeah. them in the regular season and then the playoff game. So yeah, I don't even know who the second best team is. Well, and the Packers, you know, it's not like they've had this um flourish in the offseason where, you know, they've let me put it to you this way. It's not like the Packers looked at Aaron Rodgers, they had the opportunity to restructure his deal and put guaranteed money in the next two years and then do the Brady build. Okay, we restructured your deal. Now let's take some of this money and let's go out into free agency and grab, pick and choose some guys and just tell everybody, hey, all in on the Super Bowl in 2021 in Green Bay. They didn't do that. Instead, the bigger storyline has been Aaron, his contract, the build around him, the comments he makes, and Jeopardy. Jeopardy, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it seems off there. Yeah, NFC is a joke. Wow. Oh my gosh. This oh, is I, I don't look. The thing, the thing that's off in Green Bay is the Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, are not. They're not. Oh, they're not good. Like they're just not. He doesn't. Aaron so Rodgers are they bad or are they just like not good? No, I think they're. I think they're bad. I do. I think Aaron Rodgers looks at Brian Gutekunst and says, "This guy has not shown me. He drafted Jordan Love." Um, I don't think he believes. I think Aaron Rodgers behind the scenes does not believe Brian Gutekunst believes in him and does not believe in him as any, and he just won the MVP and he's sitting there and he's going, I should have a general manager who's going, Hey, my guy just won the MVP and we got at least a couple good years left here. Let's crank this out and really build around this guy. And instead I think he feels like Brian Gutekunst is looking at Jordan love in the future rather than saying the future I already have in 12 and let's do what we can with 12 while we have 12. Wow. Ooh, spicy. All right. Charles Robinson, Yahoo sports, follow his stuff. He's great. Obviously. Um, Charles, thanks a lot for taking the time, man. And uh, continued success. Yeah, man. I'll come on anytime. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.